I'd like to speak to you today on what I entitled Jesus, the revelation of God. Jesus, the revelation of God. Say it with me. Jesus is the revelation of God. I'd like for you to go to the Gospel of John chapter 14. The Gospel of John 14. And I want to read from verse number 8. Let's go to the Gospel of John chapter 14. We're going to read from verse number 8. Say it one more time. Jesus is the revelation of God. What that simply means is that Jesus is the one who reveals God. Jesus is the one who reveals God. If you want to know the Father, you have to know Jesus. You cannot know the Father if you do not know Jesus. In John 14, we read from verse 8, it says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Notice Philip was asking to see the Father. He thought to himself that Jesus was not enough. And that is what you see with a lot of Christians today. Because they do not know Jesus, they do not realize that Jesus is the fullness of God. The Bible actually describes Jesus as the express image of the Father. He is the express image of God. The moment you get to know Jesus, you know the Father. But Philip thought there was something else that must be known. There was something else that must be understood. No, there is nothing else to be known. There is nothing else to be understood. If you want to know God the Father, you have to know Jesus. Jesus came to reveal God. Jesus came to reveal. Now when I say God, I'm referring to the Father. Jesus came to reveal God the Father. So when Philip asked this question, or when Philip prayed this prayer, Jesus was not impressed. Is it not interesting that some of the religious views that people have are contrary to the truth? And when they say these religious things, they sound nice. But the fact that it sounds nice does not mean it is consistent with truth. I suppose if some of us here were with Philip when Philip made this request, we would have probably said to Philip, good job. And there are so many Christians praying prayers that are contrary to God's revealed will. And that is the reason why they don't get results. Because they're asking stuff that's not in line with the word of God. The Bible says, and this is the confidence we have in him, that if we shall ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The only time God is attracted or God's attention is attracted is when you ask according to his will. Because he plays according to his will. Show us the Father. Jesus, I am not satisfied. I've been with you for some time, but I don't know the Father. 
I've been with you for some time, but I suppose there are some things missing. Can you show us the Father? Because when we see the Father, we will get to know the fullness of what's available to us. So when Philip said this, like I said earlier, some people may have praised him and some people may have applauded him for, for saying this and for asking this. So this is Philip praying, but his prayer was not pleasing to the master. Are you listening to what I'm saying this, this afternoon? Many Christians pray, but their prayer is not pleasing to God. Because they are not asking consistent with the truth. Show us the Father and we will be satisfied. In other words, Lord Jesus, we've been with you for all this time and we are not satisfied. Basically, that's what Philip is saying. We've been with you all this time and we are not satisfied. We've seen your miraculous power. We've seen all the stuff you've done, yet we are not satisfied. Can you show us the Father? And what did Jesus respond to him? Jesus said, verse number 9, Have I been with you so long? Is that not the case with so many? They come into church and they leave and they come into church and they leave and they come into church and for one year, for two years, for five years and when you sit with them and talk with them, you realize that they don't have depth in God. The fact that you sit on these seats this afternoon does not guarantee anything. Hebrews 11.6, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to him must believe. Notice, it doesn't say he that comes to church. It says he that comes to him. People come to church, but not to God. People come sit on the seats and the pews, but not to God. That is the reason why they come the same way and they live the same way. Nothing really changes. Because they do not come to experience and to see the glory of Almighty God. They come so that they might do one thing or another or meet with a friend or hang out or just fulfill their religious duty. Well, it's Sunday, so let's go to church. God does not meet you or God does not impact your life because you just came to church to fulfill your religious duty. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So many come in and leave and in and in, leave and in and leave. So many even get to the point where they begin to serve. Yet, when you sit with them and talk with them, you discover they've got no depth in God. They have no depth in God. If you show us a father, we will be satisfied. That is sufficient for us. You are not. I'm just trying to put it in modern language. Notice that's what Philip is basically saying. If you show us the Father, we will be satisfied. Have I been with you, Philip? And you don't know the Father? Have I been with you all this time and you still don't know me? <laughs> Have I been with you... All this while and you still haven't realized who I am? He who has seen me has seen the Father. 
If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you realize that I am the Father? <laughs> We've been accused by other religion that we have three gods. But we don't. We have one God manifesting in three persons. Everyone say we have one God manifesting in three persons. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And these three are one. Let us make men in our image. And after our likeness and let them have dominion. Let us, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But that does not mean we have three gods. No, we have one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. We don't have three gods. We have one God. Come on now, say amen. amen. We have one God manifesting in three persons. When Jesus came to the river Jordan and was baptized by John the Baptist, the Bible tells us that when he came up out of the waters, the Bible says the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Correct? Notice, like. Everyone say like. Like a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a bird. Hmm. He came like a dove. The Holy Ghost came like a dove. As a dove. Not a dove. Because the Holy Ghost is not a bird. Come on now say amen. amen. But notice what happened there. The Holy Ghost came upon Jesus like a dove. And the heavens opened and the Father spoke from heaven. And the Father said this is my beloved son. Uh, with whom I am well pleased. So what do you see right there? You see Jesus in the waters. You see the Holy Spirit like a dove. And you see the Father. Or you hear the Father speaking from heaven. Anybody getting what I'm saying today? The Father spoke from heaven. The Holy Spirit spread like a dove upon him. And Jesus in the waters. But one God. So Philip thought he was going to impress the Lord when he made this request. But the Lord said, no, this is not impressive at all. Philip, I've been with you for all this time. And you do not know me. Don't you realize that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Don't you realize that I came to reveal the will of the Father. Don't you realize that I am the express image of the Father? Don't you realize that, that I am the same God that was worshipped under the old covenant? Don't you re realize that I am that I am? Don't you realize I'm Jehovah Rapha? Don't you realize I'm Jehovah Jireh? Don't you realize that I'm, I'm Almighty God? Come on now, say amen. amen. Don't, don't you realize these things? I am the same God. Yes. I am the same God. So Jesus came down to earth to display the glory and the goodness of God. To show humanity, this is God. And this is what God wants 
you to accomplish or to, uh, to enjoy and to, 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 to experience the goodness of God and the, and the purpose of God and the, and the grace of God and the power of God. I've come to display God to you. Because this is the will of God. To show for his goodness. To show for his glory. And that's why you see when Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts 10.38. He went about doing good. Notice he did not go about doing evil. He went about doing good. And he was healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Come on now say praise God. Praise God. Verse 10, he, say, he says to Philip, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Wow. See, the Father in me, I in the Father. We are so interwoven, you can't separate us. Do you not believe that I am in him and he is in me? You see, you can't know God the Father if you don't know Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, to know Jesus Christ requires the help of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> People open the pages of the Bible, they read and 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 read, yet nothing happens. Because they think to themselves that they can read the Bible just like they read other books. No, you can't. Until the Holy Spirit begins to open your eyes to see Jesus in the Bible, you can understand. You can grasp. But when you begin to open your Bible with this intention... To understand who he is by the help of the Spirit of God. Guess what? The Spirit of God will come and begin to breathe upon you. And begin to open your eyes to see truth that has been there all along that you've never seen. Though you've read it over and over again. Come on now, say amen. amen. Don't you know that I am in the Father? Now that is hard for the human mind to comprehend. How can you be in him and he is in you? That is nothing, um, that is not something that the human mind can understand. How can you say, I am in him and he is in me? We are so interwoven, you cannot separate us. My God, this is good. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So basically, Jesus is saying to Philip, do you not realize that even the works that I do, were done by the Father. Jesus said, I do nothing except what I first see my Father do. Is that correct? Yes. Come on now, say amen. amen. Now watch this. This is interesting. Jesus is basically saying, I do only what I see my Father do. Right? The works that I do are done by my Father. Is that correct? Okay? Now, remember when Jesus was accused of casting out devils by Beelzebub? How many of you remember that story? When Jesus cast devils out and the religious leaders came around and said, Oh, he cast devils out by the prince of demons. The prince of, prince of demons is Beelzebub, which is basically Satan, right? Oh, he's using the power of the devil. And Jesus said, if the devil cast out 
the devil, then his kingdom is falling apart. Correct? And then Jesus went further to review something so profound. He said, Sin against the Father and the Son will be forgiven. Correct? But sin against the Holy Ghost will not be forgiven. In this life or the life after. Oh, then I thought to myself, was Jesus not the one just accused? Talk to me now. Come on. Anyone here? Was it not Jesus that was just accused of casting out devils by demonic powers? Why did he suddenly say, if you sin against the Father or the Son, you will be forgiven. But against the Holy Ghost, you will not be forgiven. Whatever was said was said to you. But he was saying to them, what you just said was not said to me. What you just said was said to the one you don't see. And who is he? Because he is the one that does the work. <laughs> now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So what you just said is against the Holy Ghost. The works that I do, I do because I see my father do it. Are you seeing that? So who is the father? Who is the Holy Spirit? Some of you will get it next week. <laughs> the works that I do, I do by my Father. You cast out devils by Beelzebub. You've not just sinned against the Father or the Son, but against the Holy Ghost. Oh, okay. Who does the works now? Is it the Holy Ghost? Or is it the Father? Because he now sounds as if two people are doing the works. The Holy Spirit is the Father. The Father is the Holy Spirit. Both are Jesus. <laughs> see, see. This is so true. Watch this. There are three that bears record in heaven. The Father, the Word. Everyone said the Word. And the Spirit. And these three are one. Now, we know the Father, don't we? Because we know the Father. He says the Father. And then he says the Spirit. We know the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. But who is the Word? Who is the Word? Oh, you say, Jesus, how do you know Jesus is the word? What John 1 says, Gospel of John 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. Watch this now. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was nothing made that was made. Watch this. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness. 
and the darkness could not resist it. Now, the light shineth in the darkness. The light is the same light that God talked about in Genesis chapter 1. Let there be light, not the sun, not the moon. Jesus is the light. The word is the light. Let there be light, and there was light. The light is Jesus. The word is Jesus. But notice, it says, the word put on flesh. Uh-huh. See, that, <laughs> that word, that light, that was in the beginning, that was God. Without him was nothing made that was made. All things were made by him. Come on now. In him. In who is this him? The word. Who is this him? The light. Who is this him? Jesus. Now, we don't know him as Jesus yet. But the Bible says, and the word became flesh. Now, we know this word as Jesus. The word became what? Flesh. We know this word now in the flesh as the son of God. The phrase son of God means God in the flesh. Because God left the glories of heaven and came into a physical body. The Bible says a flesh or a body you are prepared for me. And so he came into this body. And this body will refer to us the son of God. This body will refer to us Jesus. Angel Gabriel said to Mary, you shall conceive and, and, and you shall give birth to a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Right? Because he will save his people from their sin. But this holy thing that shall be conceived in you shall be called the son of God. So Jesus is the son of God. He is the word. But he is God. Come on now, say amen. amen. So who is this spirit? Who is this father? This father is Jesus. Jesus is the spirit. The spirit is Jesus. Jesus is the father. Come on now, say amen. amen. You, you, it is not possible for you to understand this with your natural carnal head. This is the problem with religion. Religion cannot comprehend this truth. Because these things can only be understood by the revelation of the spirit. Peter was writing. He said, there are so many things that Paul, our brother, has written, but they're so hard to understand. They're so hard to understand. Why? Because the natural human mind cannot understand the things of the Spirit. The Bible says the things of the Spirit can only be spiritually discerned. They are foolishness to the natural mind. Foolishness. Foolishness. But my Bible tells me that the foolishness of God is wiser than man. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. So we cannot separate God from Jesus. Jesus from the Holy Spirit. Can someone say amen? amen. One God that's functioning as three. Can someone say amen? amen. He's the Father, He's the Son, and He's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. And, and, and yes, God functions as three different personalities but we have to understand understand that this is done for our benefit for our benefit for our benefit you know religion does not understand God religion wants you to believe that God is angry at you religion wants you to believe I mean people even curse their children in the name of God God will yeah, they say. That's what religion does. 
Religion, religion wants you to believe that God has a big stick in his hand and God is going to smack you up the side of the head whenever you make a mistake. Religion wants you to believe that God is mafioso. But God is not mafioso. God's not a mafia. God, listen, you know what mafias do? I'll break your kneecap if you don't pay up. No, God is not about to break your kneecap because you haven't paid anything. Listen, that's another thing with, you know, when this whole thing about the tithe and offering and all that. Listen, the tithe for me, it's something I do out of revelation. I have a revelation. I don't do it because if I don't do it, I will go to hellfire. You don't, you don't serve God like that. We don't serve God because if we don't do this, God will beat us. Or God, no, no. God is not like your African mother who, I will beat you now. No. <laughs> Listen, that, that's not God. Come on now, say amen. Come on now, say amen. God's not about to beat you up. God's not about to beat you up. God loves you. God has your best interest at heart. He says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give unto you a future and a hope. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Amen. Come on now, say praise God. Praise no, but religion wants us to see God as this, this, this wicked, big, vicious, Man or entity who wants to destroy us. No, no. He does not want to destroy us. He loves us. Come on now. I say he loves us. Amen. I say he loves us. I, I don't know about you, but I know he loves me. Maybe because you guys are not responding this afternoon. Maybe you don't have an idea that this God I'm talking about loves you so dearly. I, I don't know, but I know, I know for myself that he loves me. I know for myself that he is looking out for me. I know for myself that he takes good care of me. I know that. I don't know if there's anybody in the house today that understands that this is a good God. His mercies endure it forever. This God is not out to get you. This God is out to bless you. This God is out to increase you. This God is looking out for you. This God is protecting you 24-7. Even when you go to bed and when it seems as if you can't even help yourself. This God is all about you, protecting you. Surrounds you with favor as with a shield. You're going out as blessed. You're coming in as blessed. God is with you. God is on your side. God is not against you. God is for you. Come on now, the Bible says... If God be for us, who can be against us? What can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Listen, God is on your side. Glory is on your side. Favor is on your side. Goodness is... A, I'm preaching myself happy. I'm telling you, God is for you. God is with you. God is fighting for you. God is protecting you. God is preserving you. God is looking out for you. He says you are going out blessed. You're coming back home blessed. Come on now, say praise the Lord. He says surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on now, if you believe it, give the Lord your biggest shout of hallelujah in the house. Come on. Hallelujah. Whoo, glory to God. Come on, somebody say glory to, God. glory to God. It is important to see God through Jesus. Very important. Very important to see God through Jesus.
You see, Jesus came and accomplished three very important things for us. I want to say three. And I want to talk about that quickly in closing. Number one, Jesus is salvation. Jesus is what? Salvation. Salvation. The Bible said there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Come on now, say amen. The Bible says, and God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every other name that are the mention of the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things beneath the earth. And every tongue shall confess to the glory of the Father that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Jesus is salvation. I tell you, Mary was told by the angel Gabriel. He was, she was told that this thing that you carry on the inside of you, you shall call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Jesus means salvation. Salvation. He went about looking for those that were lost. And I'll tell you, he came and he found you and I. And he brought us out of sin and the world of sin and the flesh. And he broke the power of the devil over our lives. He came and he set us free. I don't like it when people make it seem as if Jesus did not do a good work at Calvary. Jesus did the work that needed to be done. It was a perfect work. He set you and I free. He broke the power of sin. He broke the power of the devil. He broke every curse off of our lives. And he set us free from the ultimate consequence of sin. For the Bible said the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord he has set you free and the Bible says whom the son shall set free is free indeed anyone in the house this afternoon if the Lord has set you free and you know you are free indeed give the Lord a big hand of praise the Lord come on now come on shout hallelujah he set me free I cannot be bound Jesus set me free. I cannot live under a curse. Jesus set me free. The devil has got nothing on me. The Bible says whom the son of God shall set free. That person is free indeed. The blood of Jesus came. And the power of the devil was broken over my life. The devil has no business in my life. Because Jesus has come in. And when Jesus came in. Everything the devil was doing had to leave. Because I cannot have two kings in my life life Jesus has become the king of kings Jesus has become the Lord of Lords everything the devil had over my life was removed because when light came darkness had to leave come on now somebody put your hands together give him all the glory give him all the praise in the house this afternoon hallelujah that's what Jesus came to do and that's what we must preach Paul said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto freedom and deliverance. It is the power of God to bring people out of the bondage and the clutches of darkness. And to bring them into freedom and liberty. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. To the Jews first and also to the Greeks. I'm telling you right now. When the gospel is preached. Those that are bound will have the opportunity to be set free those that are under the oppression of the devil we have the opportunity to come out from under the oppression of the devil Jesus is salvation and he's still in the business of saving and delivering and bringing people out from the power and the bondage of the kingdom of darkness come on give him praise and glory in the house this afternoon glory to God I'm preaching better than you are responding this afternoon come on give him praise Come on, give him glory. Hallelujah. 
Jesus a salvation. No other name. No other name. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father, but by me. Jesus is the way. Come on now, say amen. amen. The Philippian jailer, he asked Paul, what must I do to be saved? Paul responded, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in your house. I'm here to tell you, if there are people in your family that have not come to know Jesus because he has touched you, because he has set you free, that is going to rub off on them. I want to prophesy over your family. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I see them coming into the house of God. I see them coming into a place of freedom. I see them coming out of the bondage of the devil. I see the blood of Jesus speaking for your family. I see the blood of Jesus speaking for your parents. I see the blood of Jesus speaking for your siblings. I see the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ speaking for your cousins and your nephews. In the mighty name of Jesus. That this year I believe by the awesome power of the Holy Ghost. By the precious blood of Jesus. They come out of the bondage of the devil. They come out into the place of freedom freedom and liberty. If you believe it, shout I receive it in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. Ha 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 ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sure that word was for somebody. You know, when my eldest brother first came to the Lord, he was majorly persecuted by my father. Majorly. And uh, he wouldn't back down. He wouldn't give up. And the same thing that Paul told the Philippian jailer came to pass in my family. It took a number of years. But suddenly, God began to set each one free. I told you my story. You've heard it many times. I was not born into a Christian family. The fact that you come from Nigeria don't mean you come from a Christian country. And by the way, let me just clarify this whole thing about coming from a Christian country. There's no Christian. No country is Christian. Come on now. Say amen. I say no country. Oh, people mistake this thing. They say America is a Christian country. Uh, Nigeria is a Christian country. No country is Christian. No country is Christian. No country is Christian. I lived in a, in a neighborhood where Christians all over the place, churches looking at you. But, but, but you hardly get people to even t- share the gospel with you. Yes. South Africa is a Christian country. Give me a break. It's not. <laughs> America is a Christian country. No, the last time I checked it was not. The Philippines is a Catholic. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on that one. No country is Christian. It is the people in the country. That are Christians. Muslims. Hindus. uh, Buddhists. Shintoists. Krishnas. Unbelievers, idol worshippers, <laughs> atheists, I don't believe nothing. Some people don't believe nothing. And see, the interesting thing is, people who don't believe there is God, they're writing books that there is no God. And my question is, if there is no God, why are you writing a book about him? 
Why do you hold a seminar just to discourage people that there is no God? If there is no God, don't bother. I tell you why they're writing books that there is no God, because they know there is God. Yes. I'm, I'm just logic. Logic. I mean, if you have common, if you just have just common sense, you will understand. Why am I fighting somebody that does not exist? If it does not ex 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 what's that? If it does not exist, it must be teaching me English. If it does not exist, <laughs> it's helping me. Abraham, give me five. Thank you. If leprosita, if it does not exist, why are you fighting someone that does not exist? There must be something at the back of your mind that tells you he exists. Come on now, say amen. amen. Don't bother if it does not. I think you know it does. That's the reason why you're fighting hard. That's the reason why you're reading books. To discredit God. That's the reason, reason why you hold seminars. Two hours, three hours, proving that God does not exist. And you come up with the Big Bang Theory. Boom! Everything came to be. I don't think so. I don't think so. Is it not stupidity? You want me to believe in your Big Bang Theory, but you don't want to believe in, my, in, my, in the Bible which says in the beginning, God. Come on now, say amen. amen. Cool. Say it with me, Jesus is salvation. Let's stay, with it. Let's stay with the subject. <laughs> Jesus is salvation. Now, can I say this? I've said this before preaching, teaching here years ago, or maybe a couple of years ago. You know, there's something that has been set in motion. So when Jesus came, Jesus set us free, correct? Paid the price, died on the cross, took the judgment of God. Are you listening to me? For humanity. So right now, God is not judging people. Rather, he's loving on people. <laughs> His judgment was satisfied or fulfilled on Jesus. Anybody getting that? Yes. He put it on him. But, as we see in the New Testament, even there has been cases where there was divine vengeance. People keep sinning and they keep sinning and they keep sinning. They heap up. They heap up the fruit, the harvest of what they've been doing. Because whatsoever a man sows, that, everyone say that. That he shall also what? Uh -huh. He that sows into the flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Now the fact that Jesus Christ took judgment on the cross for us does not change that. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. 
You know, listen, there are some things you do that will just produce fruit. You know, some of those things you just do to produce fruit. You can't go change the fruit. The fruit has been released. You have to live with it. But God will give you grace. <laughs> You've heard me say that many times. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, but pastor, what will, I, what, what will I do now that this thing is, okay, God will give you the grace. <laughs> grace, grace. Now, of course, there are cases where God will deliver people, you know, but there are just some things that, you know what I mean? Just some things. If you go to the bank with a gun and you rob a bank, if you pray and ask God to forgive you, he will. Correct? But the police will not. Huh? Because <laughs> he that sows into the flesh will reap from the flesh, reap corruption. Now, <laughs> is it possible that God will show you mercy and eventually, you know, I just leave that up to God, to be honest with you. I don't even want to, really, in cases like that, you can, Pastor, you can't give people yes or no. You can. You just leave that up to God. God, it's your, <laughs> it's your decision to make. Are you listening to me? John Bevere, I don't know any of you if you, if you know John Bevere. John Bevere was telling the story, uh, of course, teaching in the Bible school. He told the story how he went to minister in this place. Uh, were prisoners. I mean, like, these guys were on death row. And minister the word, but then he got a word from God for one of the guys that he will be released. And so he gave that word, but, but you know, when the anointing, that anointing comes on you and you give that word and you, you just, after a while you discover, oh, I just gave that word. I just gave that word. I told him that he will come out. Where did that come from? <laughs> but eventually he said he was ministering somewhere else, I guess it was a few years ago. And I guess after minutes, the guy walked up to him and said, I'm the guy. Which guy? The one you gave that word to in prison that was on death row. After that word, God supernaturally brought about a release. So God can do that. But I need you to understand that if you keep sowing bad seeds, the law of sowing and reaping has not changed. Some of you, no, not some of you, some people, they, don't, they, they didn't come to church today. <laughs> they, <laughs> they keep sowing into their physical body. All the wrong food. All the wrong what? Food. Now, food, food. And if you keep sowing the wrong food into your physical body, you're going to get a harvest. Are you listening to me? 
Let me look at this section because nobody has it. Uh, <laughs> these are f- f- flat belly guys. I think they are eating well. But there are some things you eat. It will just manifest. <laughs> That's the harvest. Now you laugh, but it's true. And then you wonder why you're having all the back pain and why you can't sleep well at night, why you're tossing and tying in bed. Huh? Because of what you're eating. Your six packs is gone. <laughs> Your six packs has become one pack. <laughs> Some people have one pack. You know what I mean? One time in the Turkish service, Pastor Corey, years ago, he said to the guys, you guys need to cut this thing. Men, men were like this. Pregnant men. <laughs> because, listen, the food you're sowing. Oh, yeah, you see, people think when we preach about sowing and reaping, they think it's only money. You're sowing. You're sowing. And what survive man soweth? <laughs> Notice. <laughs> it says, he that sow into the flesh will reap from the flesh. I know I'm preaching good. You may not like it, but I'm just... May, maybe, maybe I'm not even preaching. I'm just telling the truth. Huh? Am I preaching good? Now, your suit, your suit button does not even... <laughs> I'm looking at some people now. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Bishop Sappho, how many of you know Bishop Sappho, my very good friend? Bishop Sappho, uh, the last time he was here, he said to me, Pastor Godwell, um, do you know, oh my God. <laughs> Pastor Godwell, do you, do you know a place where I can alter my suits? He said. I said, yeah, I'll take you to a guy who does alterations for me. So he got, me, he got, he got several suits, brought them and... Um, you know, brought him from the UK, brought him over here, and I took him to the guy, and they altered the suits for him. I mean, Bishop Safo was big. He was big. And his wife, Pastor Nikki, put him on a diet. And he, he, he lost a lot of weight. Now he looks like me. hallelujah that was a joke but but no now he looks he looks you know so he said to me the next time i'm coming i'll bring more Some people need to ask God to give them crop failure. Lord, I've sown so many bad seeds. I want the seeds to die. I don't want to see the harvest of those seeds. Some of you have sown bad seeds with the words you spoke. 
for today. Lift your hands, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Every seed that has been sown, every seed that your people have sown, that's not good. That's not of God. Father, today I declare in Jesus' name, let your mercy flow. Let your mercy flow. Let your mercy flow. And I declare that those seeds will die permanently. I declare crop failure, that those seeds will not produce harvest, so that your people will not be entangled to things that will hold them back. I pray in Jesus' name a release in their lives right now. That everything that's held them back is broken in Jesus' mighty name. Let, let your grace be profusely poured out upon each person, upon each business, upon each family. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Do you receive it? Amen. I said, do you receive it? Yes. I said, do you receive it? Yes. Amen. Say it with me. Jesus is my salvation. Jesus is my salvation. Amen. Very important. Now, sin gave birth to two things. Number one, sickness. Number two, poverty. So sickness and poverty are twin brothers. They were birthed by sin. So Jesus, watch this, I'm finishing now. He came and fixed the sin issue as salvation. Correct? Because the word salvation is the Greek word what? Sozo. Sozo. So Jesus came and fixed that for us. Right? Because through one man death came. Or sin came and which allowed death to reign all over man. But through another man. Life came. And this is the life of God. And now we reign in life by Jesus Christ. Say amen. Amen. So sin is dealt with. Say it with me. Sin has been dealt with. Listen. You know, I said, uh, was it on Wednesday, Thursday? I was preaching a message. I talked about, you know, things that we need to stop saying. Was it Wednesday? Yeah. There are things. I I give people five things that we need to stop saying. Five things. One of those things we need to stop saying is everyone is a sinner. Everyone make mistakes. No, stop saying that. We are not sinners. We were sinners. But that has been fixed. We have become the righteousness of God in Christ. Because, you know this thing, everyone make mistakes. Stop saying that. Everyone sins. Stop saying that. It's not true. It's not consistent with the word. Stop saying stuff that is not consistent with the word. So sin has been fixed. Say sin has been fixed. fixed. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So that has been fixed. Now sin gave birth to what? Poverty. And sickness, those have been taken care of also. Because the mother has been killed, so are the kids. 
I didn't hear hallelujah. You guys don't even... I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but I'm preaching. This is the word of God. Come on, I say amen. amen. Remember when Adam sinned, what did God say to him? He said, the ground is cursed for your sake. He said, from the sweat of your brow you shall eat, eat food. Is that not what God said to him? And the ground would not give you in its strength any longer. Correct? So that is unfruitful hard labor. That's why people walk, 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 sweat, 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 and they get little. That's poverty. God has fixed that. By Jesus Christ coming and paying the price. I don't want to ever hear you say, I'm poor. I'm broke. I'm struggling. I'm pushing it. What are you pushing? Are you pushing a wheelbarrow? What are you pushing? Stop pushing. Leave. Leave the life that God has for you. Enjoy the life that God has for you. What do you mean I'm pushing it? Pastor, I'm managing. Managing director of what? What are you managing? Stop that. Your confession is putting you back into bondage. You have been brought out. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having been made a curse, Jesus became a curse. How dare you spite the work of Christ by still calling yourself cursed when he became the curse. How dare you call yourself broke and poor when he, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he was so very rich, but for our sakes he became poor so that we might become rich. How dare you spite? How dare you belittle? How dare you look down on what Jesus did and still call yourself what he has taken care of? I'm broke, I'm poor, I'm managing, I'm pushing it, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Try what? Stop trying. Live the life. Live the life. Come on now. Poverty has been taken care of. Once and for all. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. He that spared not his own son, but freely gave him up for you. How shall he not with him, not with him, freely give you all things? God's not in the business of holding anything back from you. God's not the one keeping you in lack and poverty. God is not the one stopping you from from paying your rent. God is not the one. God's not the one. God don't keep money from people. God don't keep resources from people. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the people, and they that dwelling in it. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the people, and they that dwelling in it. And we call ourselves God's people. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. That has been fixed. Once and, say once and for all. Say this, I am rich. Say like you mean it, even if you don't have any money in your bank account. Say, I am rich. If you are the loudest, you are the one I'm talking. You are the one that I'm talking to. Say it, I'm rich. Good. Talk now. Look at the whole thing. I was talking about this on Wednesday, Thursday, Forbes magazine. Forbes magazine says this guy is the richest. Now it's Jeff Bezos, right? Jeff Bezos is uh, it's around $180 billion. That's his net worth. And then you have Mark Zuckerberg, and you have Bill Gates, and you have uh, 
Elon Musk, and then you have uh, many of them. And then Jehun says, Jehun actually met, that, that was the Turkish service, right? Listen, listen, your father, God, is not rich. We don't put God in that category. Yeah. He owns the world. I'm going to preach a message soon. I was praying it yesterday, but I felt a different flow. It's not the right time. I'm going to show you that you are God's hair. I'm going to show you that. You possess everything that God has. You are God's hair. The ladies, you are God's heiress. Not broke, beat, beating up like a beating up car, disgusted, busted. Uh, uh. No, you are blessed. Amen. Sickness has been taken care of. Amen. Who is own self bear your sins in his own body that you being dead to sin may live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Yeah. Put your hand on your head. Say this with me. From the crown of my head down to the source of my feet I receive the healing power of God God's healing anointing is at work in me my bones are strong my nerves are strong my tissues are healthy my mind is strong my blood is clean my veins are strong my knees and ankles are strong. My back is strong. I am blessed. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm blessed from the crown of my head down to the soles of my feet. Sickness has no place in me. Disease has no place in me. I would not spend money to treat sickness. With long life, will God satisfy me and show me his salvation? If you believe it, then give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. 